as we welcome in Bob Weeks from TSN. Good morning, Bob. You're with Kevin Carey on Sports 1440. Thanks for hopping on this morning. Always, uh, always a pleasure to be here. Well, I mean, the Scotties get underway tonight, Bob, in Calgary, and I would. It's easy to say that the number one storyline is Jennifer Jones going into her last Scotties. Uh, what do you make of uh, what's going to be kind of a, I guess, would be an, a, an emotional week for her? Yeah, I'm sure it will be. It was, um, I think, a, a sort of a big surprise to everybody, and I think she did it with the right timing because now going to give the fans. Uh, a chance to say goodbye, and and this won't be her last event. She'll play in the Players Championship at the end of the the, uh, the season in April, uh, but this will be the last big farewell. And this is a tournament I think that's most uh, most linked to her career. I mean, she's this is going to be her 18th appearance at the Scotties, and she's won it six times, and she's won Olympic gold. I mean, there's there's not much she hasn't done. She really is sort of the goat of curling, and uh, and I think there'll be a lot of focus now. Knowing Jennifer, she'll probably go out and win it. But, and and I wouldn't discount that. I mean, she does have a very good team. She's had a very good year. That team is ranked fifth in the world right now. So it's not like a, this is not a sort of a a farewell where we're just sort of going through the motions. I mean, she is a good competitor and and we'll see what uh, she can put, uh, put together on the ice. If she were to win it, Bob, that gives her seven, one more than Colleen Jones for Canadian women's titles. Uh, How much do you think that would mean to her? I think it means a lot. I think I think she's always been someone who wanted to to wants to you know to reach the, the best you can be and go one better than someone else. Uh, if she doesn't get it, I don't think she'll be shocked or or be saddened by it. But it would certainly be nice, and it would also make for an interesting story. She's sort of saying she's retiring from women's curling, but then of course, as Team Canada, she would get the pass next year. So maybe <laughs> she would come back for one more run. We'll see what happens. But uh, that's a bridge uh, she can cross when she gets to it. Plus, she wants to get into the mixed doubles with her husband, Brett Lang. I mean, you've seen how curling has kind of evolved, Bob, more than anyone. You've been in the, you were in the Hall of Fame, what, eight years ago in the Canadian Curling Hall of Fame. But um, how have you seen the evolution here moving to mixed doubles? So many, you know, players and, um, you know, individuals are concentrating on mixed doubles because of the Olympics. But what's your take? Well, Canada's kind of behind in that in that transition, and um, you know one of the reasons mixed doubles was brought in at, at, a, at an international level is there's a lot of countries which don't have uh, depth, and so if if you can give them a chance to curl with just two players instead of four players, I know it doesn't sound like much of a difference, but it is. And and you look at some of the countries uh, that are amongst the top teams in the world in in mixed doubles curling, and, and they're non traditional. Uh, curling nations, at least ones that we don't think of as being traditional. Places like Hungary have won world championships, and now the top teams are in Italy and things like that. So it's it's a little different, but Canada's catching up, but there are now, I think in the last, since the last Olympics really, now what you're seeing are players such as now Jennifer Jones, but there's others as well who are just dedicating themselves to that particular uh, facet of the sport. And and that'll only uh, increase as we as we move along. I think there will be more and more dedicated mixed doubles curler curling and especially with a chance uh, to to win an olympic medal bob weeks tsn our guest on the kevin carey show on sports 1440 the field in calgary for the scotties what do you make of it and have you got kind of a, a little bit of a, a handicap who you think might come out on top here <laughs> <laughs> well i guess the big story is is team canada with Kerry anderson going for five in a row mm-hmm. uh, that would be a record as well um i think they've had a bit of a a bit of a down year by their own standards. They they haven't really won as much. Uh, really haven't won that much to begin with uh, overall this year. They've sort of been. I don't know if it's just that they're flat or if they've just haven't had the right mojo at the right time. 
Um, but there's, you know, they're, they're kind of an interesting story. And then I guess on the other side, the team that has been the best all year and not just in Canada, but really around the world is, is uh, Rachel Holman's team. And they came together last year. They sort of switched things around a little bit where, um, uh, where Tracy Flurry the third was throwing third rocks but calling the game, and this year they decided to, to let it go back to a more traditional sense. So, so Rachel Holman is skipping, throwing last rocks, calling the game, and Tracy Flurry has moved into a third a third position. And I think that's gelled with this team, and and I think right now they are the team to beat. But there are some some good um, dark horses, let's call them. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. there's some uh, some interesting. Uh, squads. I mean, Selena Sturme is a name that I think you're going to hear a lot more of, the Alberta team. Um, there are some some good teams uh, out of Ontario. Danielle Inglis is playing in her first Scotties, but is is very good. And Northern Ontario yeah. is a team that doesn't get a lot of attention because they're all full-time business people. I mean, the skip, uh, Krista McCarville is a teacher, and they don't play on the circuit that much. But when they get to the Scotties, they seem to find something that allows them to play at, a, at a, just an elite level, and uh, and I think they're going to be a team to watch this year too. So there's some there's some haves and have-nots as we've always had it, but um, I think at the top, the you know the the obvious picks I think of of people like Anderson and Jones and McCarville and Holman. I think mm-hmm. those are the ones to kind of keep your eye on as we get further and further into the week. Man, Bob, we're on the same page. I was that's where I was going to go with Krista McCarville. Uh, what is it? Something about it? Just when she gets to these events, uh, her whole rink just plays extremely well and puts themselves in that conversation. Yeah, and you know the the they've added uh, Andrea Kelly this year, who played for New Brunswick for a number of years. She's come in and played third. Um, and and you know the one thing that they do a lot of at home is that they, you know they don't travel and play on the on the Grand Slam circuit as most of these teams do, but they do play in their own area. They go to a few spiels and they practice a ton. And they've got a great coach in in Rick Lang, who is a multiple time world champion, three time Briar winner. But they they do practice and they practice hard. And it's not just on the ice; it's in the gym. And so when they come come into an event like this, in certain respects, they're a little less. Uh, burnt out I guess you could say they don't play the arduous schedule and they aren't you know they aren't uh, I don't know they, they they just follow a different path to get into the top ranks but no one now underestimates what they can do when they show up at the Scotties. Bob Weeks with us on Sports 1440. Uh, Bob, you and I kind of have about the same amount of rings on the old tree and go back covering, I mean, my first briar was in the early 90s that I covered in Regina. Um, where do you see, what's your thought on what how the game has evolved in the sense of players moving from province to province. And, you know, they're kind of trying to take uh, the model from Europe in the sense of trying to get the best players together. Um, it might take away, obviously, from the Briar and bringing in wildcard teams and, and things on that. But where's your stance on how the game has kind of moved from where it was when you and I were covering the old Briars and things like that, when you could still have a drink on media roll? <laughs> That's right. Those uh, those were good days with the yeah. hospitality rooms and oh, everything. Yeah. yeah, those days have kind of changed now. But um, you know, it, they're kind of caught. And I hate to use this. I don't mean this as a pun, but they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard mm-hmm. place. Yeah. The rest of the world has just gone past them, but Canada really. And you look at at, the, at when Canada wins World Championships now, and it's it's more often they don't than they do both men's and women's. And I think the only way that you're going to allow that to happen is to allow the players to form teams based on 
their talent, their their togetherness, their you know their links, and that that means that you're going to have to stretch the uh, the regional laws or bylaws or whatever you want to call them uh, that that have formed the tradition. I mean, the Briar and the Scotties are great tournaments because it is province versus province, territory versus territory, region versus region. And you cheer for your team. You cheer for Ontario or Saskatchewan or Alberta, um, you know, whatever it is. And, and that's going to have to change. And we're seeing it already. You know, they're, they're doing like a birthright and you're allowed to have one. If you've been born in a province, but you won't, don't necessarily live there, you can play for that province. If you, um, you know, it's almost like if you once set foot in that province, now you can play for that <laughs> province. But I think, I think something's going to have to give. And I, I like the idea of the wild cards. I like what they did this year was they pre-approved a number of teams based on their performances, so those teams didn't have to go into the playdowns uh, thinking that they they may only have one route in. Um, so now. What you're getting is instead of having, let's say, one team out of Alberta, and I go back to the days when you had Kevin Martin and Kevin Cooey and, and Randy Furby all trying to get out of one province, and now you, you can have sort of three of those teams. And, um, and we're seeing that a little bit in this Scotties this year with, and, in, and in the, uh, the Briar. So um, it's, I think it's, it, it, people may not like it. I don't mind it, but people may not like it, but I think it's going to have to happen if you want to see Canada uh, on the top podium in, in world championships and at the Olympics. Let's switch gears with Bob Weeks from TSN, talk a little golf, uh, our game of the day for St. Albert Dodge and uh, Tiger Woods yesterday at the Genesis Invitational. Had a bit of a rough shot there in 18, but what was your overall sense of uh, what Tiger did uh, first round, I guess, competitively for a while anyway? I, I thought he played pretty well. You know, he looked pretty good. Uh, he hasn't played since the Masters last year, so... You're talking 10 months in between competitive rounds. Mm -hmm. And I think compared to some of his other comebacks where he was noticeably limping, uh, where he was noticeably adjusting his swing because of his back, you know, there really wasn't any of that. Now, he didn't play great by any means. He's, whatever, eight shots back at a lead. Um, But, you know, for a guy whose body is basically held together by spare parts and for a guy who has more rust on him than you know, a lawn chair left out in the winter. I, I think that he, he did a really good job yesterday of kind of getting it around. And I think, I think there's enough in the tank that he'll improve a little bit today and make the cut. It's a, it's a weird cut line. This is one of those signature events where there's 70 players and the top 50 and anyone within 10 strokes of the lead will go on to play the weekend. Right now, Tiger's eight back and he's in, I think, 49th spot. So he's got to play well today. Um, but there was enough good stuff yesterday that I think he can come back a little bit today. And I'm sure, I'm sure the, one of the biggest things will be to see how his body holds up after, after 18 holes, because as he, as you pointed out, coming down 18, he said his back was spasming and he hit a, as he called it, a full blown shake. So uh, <laughs> we've all been weird. there. To, we'll have to know that tiger is one of us and, that, uh, and get hit those shots once in a while. And then really made a remarkable third shot to get it even on the green from there. He did. He yeah. hit. He hit the same club. He hit an eight iron on the approach <laughs> that shanked it, and he hit an eight iron to punch it through some yeah. trees and got it into about twenty feet. Unfortunately, he missed the putt, but yeah. uh, but still playing pretty well overall, I think. Yeah, I kind of hooded that eight iron through the little shoot there. Uh, Bob Weeks from TSN, uh, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. How tough of a job does Mike Weir have coming up here to to decide who's going to be on the President's Cup team later in the year, Bob? Well, I think if you're Mike Weir, and I, I had the chance to spend some time with him uh, last week, two weeks ago, I guess, and uh, we had a good chat. And you know, the, the, the top six team, the top six players on the Presidents Cup uh, points list are going to automatically go in, and then he has six to pick. Mm-hmm. And and I think right now he's kind of rubbing his hands because there are some players playing very well. And if you look 
even this week, you look at the top of the leaderboard and you've got uh, Cam Davis and you've got Ben on and, you, and you've got Adam Svensson up there. So it may be, it may be the, the first time where it's really going to be hard to pick only six players because I think you're going to have some hard choices. Uh, I gave him, I gave him the over under of two and a half to say how many more, how many Canadians will be on the team. He took the over Jim Furyk, who was there as well. The, uh, the American coach, he took the over as well. Um, and I've talked to all the Canadian players out there, and this is right at the top of the list, even more so than making the Olympics. They want to play for Mike Weir in Montreal in the president's cup. So, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting team, and I think it's a team that, that when they pull it all together, you know, Jason Day's a veteran, Adam Scott's a veteran who's playing well. Uh, you know, they may they may have enough horses in the uh, in the barn to uh, to finally knock off the Americans. You know, we had Danny Saul on last week, right before the WM uh, um, Phoenix Open bomb, and I asked him I asked him the same kind of question. Uh, of course, Danny's caddy for Corey Connors, and he's out of Sherwood Park here, so uh, but. Just the fact that there are so many great Canadians right now—is this the best you've seen our game? You know that you know from our country standpoint, best you've seen it. Uh, certainly on the men's side, for sure. It's it's the deepest it's ever been. I mean, I've been around as you were saying. We're we're sort of all got the same <laughs> ring. You and I have the same rings on the tree. But I can remember when we had like one Canadian. You know, Dave Barr was the only guy who was playing on the PGA Tour. Now to have five or six or seven and another kind of layer of guys who are just below that is very, very impressive. And, there are, you know, in, in a lot of ways, this is a result of what Mike Weir did in winning the Masters. If you talk to Hadwin and Connors and Hughes and all these guys and Taylor, you know, you say, you know, what was one of the driving things to make you think you could have a pro career? And they said, watching Mike Weir win the Masters. Mm-hmm. If you go to the women's side, you know, it's a little thin. We've got Brooke Henderson, who is outstanding, but there's not much really after her. There are a few other players there. But you're starting to see in the amateur ranks now a kind of wave of young players that are coming up that'll be on the LPGA Tour in the next two, three, four years. And so this is the same kind of thing that Mike Weir did that Brooke Henderson is doing. There's women following her in her footsteps because they see what she could do. So um, I think right now it's as good as I've ever seen it, and I think it could actually get better on both sides. We've come a long way, haven't we, Bob, since we were like really cheering and pulling for a guy like Dick Zokel to win the 92 uh, tournament in Milwaukee and going and to now where we are, where we see what's going on with Nick Taylor and Connors and all these great players. It's, it's like every week there's a Canadian up on the leaderboard, and that's a lot of fun for guys like me, but it's really a lot of fun for uh, for Canadian golf fans to be able to turn on the television and see, you know, Adam Svensson this week mm-hmm. as the top Canadian after the first round. Adam Hadwin's only a few shots back, so it's a it's a great time for Canadian golf. And uh, and as I say, I think it couldn't get even better. Bob, we can't wait to swing them around here. It's we're still a couple months away, but uh, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Uh, good luck uh, covering and watching the curling, and then obviously the golf uh, this weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks very much. Anytime.